If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 526. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts at my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Why are you there? Give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. You've already heard about that, but it is a great website. You can purchase classes there and keep this podcast free of charge. It's awesome. You get great content when you do that. I've got over 20 classes now available for purchase. I have a new one out. And of course, if you're getting this on October 11th, I'm running a flash sale for Columbus Day, right? So... Nothing's more uh, non-PC than Columbus Day. But you've got the latest class there, 26 speeches that changed America. I've got a little discount on that, plus some discounts on some other classes. So head on over there if you're getting this October 11th. Get that flash sale. Purchase some of those classes. It's a great win-win. You get great content. You help keep the podcast free of charge. It's awesome. Also, you can go to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on that support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can buy a book plate. If you want my autograph on one of my books, and I've got a lot of those, my most recent, The Jeffersonian Tradition, also Southern Scribblings, uh, but many, many others as well. And in fact, I'm going to talk about a book today. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. A lot of great ways to support the show, but as always, share the podcast around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. That's how we grow the audience. That's how we change America from the bottom up. We're all thinking locally and acting locally. Well, this podcast is actually about that issue, and it's about what the federal government is trying to do to control local activity. This is, this is the problem that we're going to run into because the federal government has a lot of resources. I mean, there's no doubt about this, right? They have trillions of dollars of resources. That's not their money, but they have it. They can just print it, just like they can make a trillion-dollar coin, and voila, we've got a trillion dollars. So they've got trillions of dollars of resources. They have tremendous power. The bureaucracy is huge. They've got bureaucrats who firmly believe in the cause. They firmly believe in the power of the federal government, and they want to hurt people, not physically, well, sometimes physically, but certainly they want to go after people they don't like. And political opponents now are becoming common. It's, this is becoming commonplace. We saw it during the Obama administration. We had Lois Lerner. It was exposed that uh, during the Obama administration, the IRS was going after political opponents or organizations they didn't like. They were doing these things because this is what the power of the general government can do. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. This is a dangerous issue. It's why people on the left and the right should be concerned about this. When you centralize this much power, and when the Attorney General, the FBI, or the IRS, or whatever bureaucrat has this much power, it's dangerous for everybody. Because what happens if Trump's in office, or some Republicans in office, and they want payback? Well, they went after them. 
So guess what? They're going to do the same thing to their opponents. It's not right in either way. It's not right to do that either way. And this is where we have to start thinking about local solutions to problems. What happens, though, we're seeing, and this is about Merrick Garland's recent memo, and I'm going to read that, and I'm going to read an article that was actually published in the Washington Examiner, and then Yahoo News picked this up. Miraculously, Yahoo News ran this. Now, I'll say this about Yahoo. When my nine presidents who screwed up America came out, they ran that book a lot, and it's it sold a lot of copies because of Yahoo. So Yahoo is not always, I mean, they're they're kind of they they have a position where they're kind of nonpartisan at times, not like Google, but Yahoo tends to uh, be a little more gray when it comes to this black and white issues of partisanship. So they'll run stuff like this by Jerry Dunleavy, who is a, who's a conservative a commenter and, and a journalist. But we've got this issue with Merrick Garland. People are upset about critical race theory in schools, and they don't want their schools teaching it. They don't want, they're going to their school boards. This is what I've said to do on this particular show. Go to your school boards, go to these things, go to your town city councils, go to your county councils, and you have a bigger impact there than you will trying to figure out what you're going to do to, with, with, uh, to oppose Joe Biden's agenda or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's agenda, that's almost a lost cause. right? I mean, these people in D.C., it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, they're a lost cause. But you do have power at the local level. If you show up with 20 people at a school board meeting, you're going to control the meeting. You're going to control what happens at that meeting because you can make a lot of noise. Now, I mean, they're going to, they're going to referee it, but... You are going to you're going to dominate the speaker, the presentations by the concerned parents. If you go to a city council meeting, you do the exact same thing. If you show up with 200 people at your at your county courthouse protesting some type of of a situation with your state and local government that you think is out of control, you're going to have more impact there than you would if you took 200 people to Washington D.C. They're not even going to notice you. 200 people—that's the size of a tour group. They're not going to notice you in Washington D.C. So what's happened is interesting. This has started going on now. It's dotting the American landscape. People are showing up to school board meetings. They're upset about mask mandates. They're upset about critical race theory. They're upset about things that are happening in their local schools. Because of our modern society and we have two parents working, schools have become an institution that is sort of like a daycare for a lot of people. They can't they can't have somebody stay home and, and, tend, and take care of the kids that way. So even if they do have a stay-at-home mom, or stay-at-home dad, whatever your situation is, you've got somebody that your kids go off to school, and we think it's going to be fine. Homeschooling, of course, is growing, and I've, I've cautioned on this program before, that's a, that's a very serious decision to make, and don't do it lightly if you're going to do that. But uh, this is our environment. We, we tend to believe in the public school system, or even the private school system. You've got parents that are con uh, contesting what's happening in their private schools. But apparently this is now bothering the Attorney General of the United States, and why is it bothering the Attorney General of the United States? Why is he focusing on this one particular issue, which, of course, he's focusing on critical race theory? The problem is you've got people going out that are saying, look, we don't want critical race theory taught in our schools. We think that's dangerous. We think it's destructive. We don't think it's American. And we want it stopped, right? So we want to get critical race theory out of our schools. Now, Merrick Garland has decided that's dangerous. Now, 
What's funny is in the memo what he says. There's a couple of things that I just laughed out loud about. <clears throat> but then there's the article that Jerry Dunleavy has, has uh, written that gets into detail why Merrick Garland might be interested in this particular issue. You see, critical race theory is a big business. It is a huge business. People are, are getting filthy, stinking rich off of it. We've seen it with people that go out and give lectures on this topic, and they make uh, they make uh, six figures a year easy, if not close to seven, because they go out and teach critical race theory. You've got businesses, you've got universities, you've got K-12 through institutions that are now paying people top dollar to come in and talk about this stuff. Systemic racism and uh, you know the problems with whiteness and all these things that we have, and it's being foisted on the entire structure of America at this point. So the schools are getting it too, and people are going to the school boards and saying, "You're not teaching that. You're not. We're, we're going to control what goes on here." School boards are elected, so school boards can knock this stuff down. And if people put enough pressure on school board members, they may vote against it. That's democracy in action. That's direct democracy in action. For all the lefties that run around saying, we promote democracy. We believe in democracy. So you get people actually going out and doing democracy? No, no, we don't believe in that anymore. We believe in court decisions. We believe taking it out of the hands of the parents because they don't know what to do. And you got Terry McAuliffe. Parents shouldn't control what their, student, what their children see in schools. The schools should control that. That's the authoritarian in them. This is what they really are. They expose themselves what they're real. Democracy is okay as long as they can control it and they can be authoritarian. Okay, so let's read this Merrick Garland uh, memo. Now, this is a guy that was supposed to be a Supreme Court justice, okay? Think about that for a minute. You got people like Ian Milheiser running around. And I'll, I'll address Ian Milheiser next week on a piece he wrote about originalism. I was going to do it this week, but this is more pressing. You've got people like Ian Milheiser, this little progressive twit that runs around. Uh, writing for Vox and others, uh, Merrick Garland should be Supreme Court justice. What about Merrick Garland? Wait, you want this? Of course they do, because they're totalitarians. These are people that want to cancel Christmas again. It's like we've got the Puritans back from the 17th century. we got to cancel Christmas. That's bad. You don't want to do all that kind of stuff. This is what they want, right? This is exactly what they want. These are little totalitarian dictators running around, and you bureaucrats are the worst for this. These people aren't even elected. They're not elected, but but these people are authoritarians. They want power. This is what it's all about. And they want to tell people what to do. See, the people on our side, most of the people on our side, left or right. I mean, there's people on the left that think this way, too. There are people out there that are like, hey, you know, just kind of leave me alone. I just want to do what I want to do. I'm not telling anybody else what to do. I'm not hurting anybody. Just Now, that's been considered this kind of libertarian attitude of life, live and let live. That's a right-wing ideology now. Left-wing is, I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to do it. And if you don't do it, we're going to beat you up. I mean, that's, 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 what's, that's what's happening in America. This is, this is dangerous. We're seeing it, not just in America, but in the West. All over the West, you're seeing this stuff. So Mara Garland writes, October 4th, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike and harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. Well, first of all, first line makes me laugh. Uh, disturbing. You see, Merrick Garland is out of the 90s. In the 1990s, the academic speak was disturbing. It's disturbing. 
This is disturbing. I'm reading this book on this particular topic, and I find it to be disturbing. John C. Calhoun is disturbing. Now the term is problematic. John C. Calhoun is problematic. Uh, this uh, particular book is problematic. But in the 90s, it was, this is disturbing. Disturbing. So Merrick Garland, the 1990s guy, uh, is using 1990s language. Disturbing. This is 20 years old. I mean, so the guy was, you know, in his 30s, I guess, at that particular point in, in, the, uh, in the 30s, 40s, in the 1990s. And that was the academic speak at the time. But think about the other part, our nation's public schools. They're not the nation's public schools. They're the state's public schools. They're the, they're the people of the state's public schools. You see, here's the rub. The federal government spends a lot of money on education. Illegally, by the way. It's unconstitutional for them to do it, but they do it. So these are our nation's schools. We don't have national schools. We have local schools. We have state schools. We have private schools. We don't have national schools. And then this next line made me laugh again. While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution. <laughs> it's prote I mean, so I may not agree with it. I may not agree with you saying what you want about our local, about our quote-unquote nation schools, but it's protected. So what he's already saying there is this. Look, if it wasn't for the Constitution, I'd be handcuffing you people for saying bad things about our nation's schools. Because he qualifies it in the very next clause. That protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. What has Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all these left-wing organizations been doing for the last couple of years, they've been intimidating people based on their views. What has been all the attention on Donald Trump supporters or uh, libertarians? Or we're, we're now intimidating people for their views. This is exactly what all these nincompoops on the left are doing. But yet Merrick Garland says, you don't have protection to do that unless you're on the left. Then you can do it all day. And you can do it with the FBI if you want to. See, you, you have no protection. You can't, you can't intimidate someone based on their views unless we're going to use the FBI to intimidate you because your views are, in, are opposite of ours. You can't make up this kind of stupid. They do it. It's open stupidity. The non-sequitur here is just tremendous. It's, it's so stupid. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. Now, granted, no one should be out there intimidating, when I say violently intimidating people who are on a school board. But I'm going to tell you, American politics have always been violent. They've always been, you know, this, this is what you get, right? I mean, people serve in these positions and there's going to be people angry at them. It's going to happen. And you may, if you're in government, people may not like you. If you run a podcast, it's not that I mean, people may not like you for what you say. Uh, this happens all the time. Anytime you are in the public eye in any way, people are not going to like you. It's not going to, I mean, it's just 
par for the course. They're not going to like you. It's just something you have to accept. What about all the lefties that ran around challenging uh, senators? A, a U.S. senator followed her to the bathroom. That's intimidation. Should those people be arrested? They won't be. They won't be. They won't be arrested. Why? Because they're on the left. The left gets away with it. This is the double standard we have in the American legal system. The left gets away with it. The right is prosecuted. So what happens? You get the right in power, and they're going to go after the lefties. Now we've created a whole big totalitarian state. The best thing to do would be to say, you know what? None of this is constitutional. None of this is none of this should even exist. Merrick Garland, if the Republicans the Republicans should take this memo, and then they should seek to get rid of Merrick Garland when they get back, if they take back Congress, they should be trying to get rid of Merrick Garland, whatever way possible. Uh, impeachment. I mean, who's to say? I, I know that the president can be impeached. And I think that's going to happen. Look, the Republicans take office and, and take control of Congress, I should say, in, in 2023. Joe Biden's going to be impeached. I Mark my words right now. Joe Biden will be impeached. He won't be convicted, but he'll be impeached. It'll happen. So could you get rid of the attorney general that way? I mean, that's an open question. We've never really had that issue addressed. Could you impeach an attorney general? He's... Part of the cabinet, so is he available for him? Is he open to impeachment? I mean, you'd have to figure this out if you want to take a kind of loose construction of the Constitution. Could that happen? I don't know. The department takes these incidents seriously and is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. In the coming days, the department will announce a series of measures designed to address the rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. Again, anybody that's doing something that is criminal, I mean, absolutely criminal, if you are violently attacking someone or doing something that is criminal, these people, you shouldn't be doing that. There's, There's no doubt about this. But he's talking about cracking down on school board meetings. School board meetings. Now, again, why is he doing this? Because he wants critical race theory taught in schools. He wants that. He wants whatever federal policy is put in place by the president, even if it's unconstitutional, to be implemented in the schools. And if parents are going around saying, hey, look, I don't want this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something at my school board meeting, well, that's violent. Coordination and partnership with local law enforcement is critical to implementing these measures for the benefit of our nation's nearly 14,000 public school districts. We well, you know what? Yes, that's right. It is critical. So you know what the states can do? It's called non-commandeering. Guess what, Merrick? Forget you. I'm going to be nice and, and have good language. Forget you. We're not doing it. This is a perfect opportunity for nullification. Yeah, okay, you said it, but we're not going to cooperate. You want to send in, you, you have enough federal agents to send in and go and, and police all this stuff? Have at it. Even though it's illegal, have at it. But you're not going to have enough FBI agents running around America to do this. They can't. They don't have the resources. So the school, the, the state should just say, eh, forget it. We're not worried about it. Now, of course, on the back end of this, school board members could file a federal lawsuit because now Merrick Garland has signaled he'd take these up. Oh, you got a school board in what red state? Pick, take your pick, red state. 
and you got school board members who are trying to do something and the people in that state are hot and they don't want it, well, school board member says, hey, that person was intimidating me. That person was threatening me. So they file a federal lawsuit. They sue that person for violation of their civil rights. This is the I mean, this is exactly where you're going with this. And now you create a federal situation out of it. To this end, I am directing the Federal Bureau of Investigation, working with each United States attorney, to convene, local, convene, convene meetings with federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders in each federal judicial district within 30 days of the issuance of this memorandum. These meetings will facilitate the discussion of strategies for addressing threats against school, intim, school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, and will open dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. Well, there you go. So you go and you say something to school. Oh, that person hurt my feelings. I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the hotline and get them in trouble. This is designed to silence dissent. It's exactly what it's doing, and certainly the founding generation would have considered this to be 100% unconstitutional. But we don't live in that time anymore, and we've got legislation that the Congress has passed that makes this easier. The department is steadfast in its commitment to protect all people in the United States from violence, threats of violence, and other forms of intimidation and harassment. Well, that's not true. We know that last sentence is not true because they don't do it for everybody. They don't do it for everybody. There's, there's unequal justice here. We know that's the case. So let me read this piece from the Washington Examiner. Again, it's, it's Yahoo News is where I'm getting it. But this is where it was originally published. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who early this week injected the FBI into the nationwide debate over far-left school curriculums, has a son-in-law whose company has gotten rich peddling K-12 educational materials, obsessed with systemic racism, intersectionality, and white supremacy. Alexander Zan Tanner, who married Garland's daughter Rebecca in 2018, is the co-founder and president of Panorama Education, a major player in the teaching, I'm sorry, teacher training and curriculum industry. Panorama publishes race-focused surveys and conducts trainings on systemic oppression, white supremacy, unconscious bias, and intersectionality, all under the rubric of social-emotional learning. Critics have viewed Garland's recent order as an effort to chill parental outrage over controversial theories finding their way in the mainstream classrooms, say the family connection is a bad look. At the very least, it certainly creates an appearance of a, of a conflict of interest, Ian Pryor, a former DOJ spokesman, and the executive director of Fight for Schools, told the Washington Examiner. Representative Jim Banks, an Indiana Republican, was blunter in a Wednesday tweet. The AG's war on parents is not only helping the teachers' union, but his own family, Banks wrote. Pryor's group and others have rallied parents to protect at local protests at local school board meetings over the teaching of critical race theory and other leftist perspectives on race, as well as controversial topics such as gender fluidity in school classrooms. Garland's memo this week warned of a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against schools and said the DOJ will discourage threats, these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. While the memo did not reference any specific threats or acts of violence against school officials, it came just days after the National School Board Association likened such attacks to a form of domestic terrorism. You see, here we go. This is the war on terror at the domestic level, and it's now being, they're going to do it under the cover of civil rights. Because you see, this is now racist. It's racist to oppose your school board. This is what's happening. 
The Justice Department did not respond to a request for comment on whether Garland has a conflict of interest, but Panorama's own promotional literature shows his son-in-law traffics in some of the very educational materials that have drawn the ire of parents around the nation. One workshop titled SEL as Social Justice, Dismantling White Supremacy Within Systems of Self, is designed, quote, to explore actionable strategies for using SEL as a vehicle for social justice and advocacy in your community. The slideshow calls on activists to agree that, quote, I affirm my intersectionality, alludes to unconscious biases, and defines systemic racism as the, quote, systemic distribution of resources, power, and opportunity in our society to benefit to the benefit of people who are white. It encourages educators to, quote, learn more about how Panorama centers the voices of community stakeholders to dismantle white supremacy and systems of oppression. Becky Bernstein, who led the workshop, said that Panorama viewed SEL as social justice, seeking to dismantle white supremacy and called SEL the vehicle to achieve equity and racial justice. Okay, this new term of equity. I've seen this now in educational stuff quite a bit. Equality would be everyone has access to the same thing. Equity is you give certain people a hand up. Because some people are going to be more advantaged than others, so they're going to do better anyway. So we give people a hand up. The, the image I saw was three people watching. A, a, there's a fence, right? And there's three people watching whatever events behind the fence. And it's equal because the fence is equal. But you got three people of different heights. So the tall person can see it. The middle person can barely see it. And the short person can't see it at all. So now they put boxes so everyone's head is equally across the same. Okay, so that's equity. That's what they're talking about. It's equality of outcome. It's no longer, well, people um, people have the equal access to things. No, no, it's no longer that. It's not, it's not just equal access to it. It's equity, equality of outcome that these people are really interested in. So that's the issue here. I mean, and that's the, that's the point of, of all this training. In the wake of George Floyd's death, Panorama co-founder and CEO Aaron Fuhr released a lengthy statement on Panorama's stand against systemic racism. The Panorama leader emphasized that education represents one of the most important levers for change in America and said that we commit to dismantling systemic racism. Now, this is true. I mean, this is why the left has long put up schools before anything else, because they understand that schools are the way that you create a future in which it works for you. That's why college-educated people tend to vote one way and non-college-educated people tend to vote the other way. The non-college-educated people are, tend to be more realists. They don't, they don't live in the world of theories and everything else. Well, it makes sense. They just live in what they see. This An apple's an apple. And I'm going to vote for this because this is what I see. Panorama's revenues are not public, but the company boasts it's, it supports 13 million students at 21,000 schools. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's startup education co-led uh, a $4 million round of seed funding for the fledgling Panorama in 2013. And last month, Panorama announced a $60 million investment round with investors, including the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. Not all parents want their children exposed to Panorama's worldview. Parents converged at a Moore County, North Carolina Board of Education meeting in June to oppose what they called the indoctrination platform and to oppose the nearly $200,000 the company had been slated to receive. Last month, the Parents Defending Education Advocacy Group criticized Fairfax County Public Schools in Virginia for agreeing to pay Panorama $1.84 million. So where are these two? North Carolina, a battleground state. Virginia, a battleground state. Purple state, so to speak. 
But these are also just a bunch of hayseeds, right? This is in the south. Now, Fairfax County is not. Uh, that's a suburb of Washington, D.C. Parent groups say they don't object to children being taught about the nation's checkered history regarding race, but they do not want young children classified as victims or oppressors based on the color of the skin. I mean, right, who would? But Panorama's lessons mirror the critical race theory perspective that skin color is the dominant factor organizing society. Even to this day, I mean, you could make a case that at some points in American history, sure. Who, who would deny that, right? But now, today, are you serious? Panorama cites the definition of social-emotional learning created by the collective collaborative, I'm sorry, for academic social and emotional learning, which released a June 2020 webinar on SEL as a lever for equity and social justice, in which uh, CASEL President Karen uh, Nimai said that we see SEL as a tool for anti-racism. One Panorama lesson, dubbed the Social-Emotional Learning Survey, argues that, quote, is essential for educators to consider how situational or systemic forces such as racism and racial bias shape students' lives. Panorama generates its curriculum materials in collaboration with a controversial Harvard Graduate School of Education-based project called Reimagining Integration, Diverse and Equitable Schools. Ride says its goal is to ensure that all students understand the role that, the inter that intersectional racism and other forms of oppression play in our society. The Ride's book list 2021 includes White Fragility, White Rage, and How to Be an Anti-Racist. Elizabeth Rees Vice President of Marketing at Panorama told the Washington Examiner that the company is not affiliated with any particular academic philosophy, including critical race theory. Panorama only uses student data for the purpose of helping schools and districts better serve their students, she said. Asked about its co-founder's powerful familiar connection, Bree said Panorama and the nation's top prosecutor are working together. The only relationship between Panorama Education and Attorney General Merrick Garland is that Panorama's co-founder, Zan Tanner, is A.G. Garland's son-in-law, she said. Well... And you don't think they have conversations about this, and you don't think they actually talk about these things, and you don't think this is something that they, that he would try to help his daughter, because that's who he's actually helping here. His daughter? Of course. This is a joke, right? It's a joke. That there are, oh yeah, there's nothing going on here. No, 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 nothing to see here. Move along. Move along, citizen. So, this is where I think locally, where, where the federal government is going to try to smash this, Okay. The point comes that it has to rely on state law enforcement to do it. And so if state law enforcement will not cooperate or local law enforcement won't cooperate, well, they really don't have any teeth. They can't do anything unless somebody files a, files a federal lawsuit, which could happen because they've got these hotlines, right? So, I mean, who knows? It could happen. But this is where nullification comes into play. And I think that uh, the effort, people are starting to see it now. There's lots of groups that are starting to realize, think locally, act locally works. The federal government has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. You can go and you can take all this stuff down from the bottom up. He doesn't have to be from the top down. In fact, that's the worst route to go. You go from the bottom up. Even people on the left are realizing this, right? So this is why all this stuff is happening. And I think that think locally, act locally here is still the right method to, to go in, still the right path. Don't do anything stupid at these school board meetings. Don't don't do that. Make your case. Say what you got to say. Most people are that way anyways. Make your case. Say what you got to say. Get the people out if you can. If they're going to vote for stupid stuff, get them out. Run for school board yourself. Get rid of these people from office and do what you want. And I mean, control those elections. You control 
the future of the United States. Thinking locally and acting locally works moving forward. All right. I'll see you next time for the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. <laughs>